Welcome to Highland Objects, podcasts that take you on a cultural tour of the Highlands and Islands of Scotland. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Highland Objects or visit the website highlandobjects.wordpress.com. Podcast 5 The Carbisdale Horde. Jason Ubik from Tain and District Museum. We're up in Russia and I'm here to talk about the Carbisdale coin hoard, which I have to tie to Madeleine Monroe. <laughs> More on that shortly. Okay, what are they? They are a set of seven silver coins um, that were found on the beach on the Dornoch Firth at Creek. So it should be the Creek coin hoard, really. Uh, they date from 1585 to 1636. And there's a mixture of uh, an English coin, British coins, and some European coins as well, from the Spanish Netherlands and from the Holy Roman Empire. So a strange set of uh, silver coins found on the beach in Scotland. How did they come to be in the museum? Well, I can tell you a lot about that because I found them. Um, A rather strange coincidence, really, being at my brother's and reading on the back of a bottle of Glenmorangie whiskey, a rather spurious story about a sunken armada shipwreck at the Sands of Creek. And knowing a wee bit about our history, I laughed at this uh, and uh, find it very unlikely that, that there was ever a Spanish Armada shipwreck at the Santa Creek. But it is recorded somewhere and being on the beach, I thought that we would go, me and my son would go out with our metal detector and go and have a little look. So that's what we did. And after finding... 20 bottle tops and nothing of much interest, we all of a sudden hit upon this. Uh, Well, first of all, we found one coin um, rather unexpectedly and got rather excited because on the coin, all we could read was Philip and no date. So for several minutes, maybe 10 minutes or so, we were backtracking one hour thoughts on the rather spurious story on the bottle of whiskey and thinking, oh my goodness, have we actually found the Spanish Armada shipwreck? There's no Scottish or English king ever called Philip that uh, that I could remember. Um, but it soon became clear uh, as we found the seven coins. Um, some of them were very clean when they came out of the sand and you could read the date. And although I wasn't totally sure. I was pretty certain that the date in them was far too late to be the Spanish Armada. So I must admit there was a certain element of disappointment as we uh, eventually trudged off the beach with our seven coins in our pocket, which sounds really silly, to be honest. It's the best thing I've ever found. Um, And we took them home and 
rather strange process of giving them to myself in the museum and giving them to Treasure Trove, who wonderfully identified them all, and going through the process of getting them back from uh, Treasure Trove. Uh, and they're now sitting uh, on a shelf in the museum, which is closed at the moment. Um, but if you'd like to come and see them, hopefully we'll be open uh, soon. Um, the, the coins themselves, uh, I think three or four of them are lovely and silver and shiny and look like lovely silver pennies. The large Austrian one is very black and um, although it's silver, it's it's quite dirty looking. And the smaller of the coins is almost rusty and you wouldn't think it is silver at all, to be quite honest. I think it's the Elizabeth I sixpence, the oldest one that we have. Now, so how did this set of rather strange coins come to be on a beach in the sands at Creek? Truth is, we'll never really know, to be honest. Uh, in our collection, we have two Austrian tallers um, that we tell the the story of the involvement of the people from Easter Ross in the Thirty Years' War. We're pretty sure that they were taken back for a, from a soldier serving out there and um, one of them's been turned into a brooch so it could be worn like a, a medallion. And it could be that this silver set of seven coins could belong to a soldier who'd returned from, from Europe or maybe even a merchant. But rather intriguingly, just a few miles upstream... In 1650, we had the Battle of Carbisdale during the Civil War, where General Montrose, fighting for Charles II, um, was defeated by a Scottish government Covenanter army led by General Strachan um, and helped out by Clan Ross and Clan Monroe, defeated Montrose, um, who we know we had uh, European soldiers described as mercenaries. European soldiers, nonetheless, um, with them at the Battle of Carbisdale. And it is very, very likely that the the coins could have belonged to one of these soldiers, um, could have been his pay, and have ended up a few miles downstream in the Firth. Either as he was swept or as he's lost his purse, or maybe he's lost his life uh, during the battle. So... What we know is that, that, you know, for us, we're Clan Ross Centre and we know that uh, the Clan Ross were, it's been suggested, reluctantly helped in this battle. And we know the following year they changed sides and decided to fight for Charles II and David Ross, the chief of Barnagan, intriguingly is said to have decked his 800 men in a red Ross tartan. But in such an early date, um, I think it was Red Ross Trues, I didn't really want to say that, but and took 800 men from the Clan Ross and Clan Monroe and marched them down to fight against Oliver Cromwell at the Battle of Worcester, which was fought on the 3rd of September 1651. Now, being the Clan Ross Center, we welcome back returning Rosses to our little museum from all over the world. Um, I guess everyone expects, you know, Canada and America, the Highland clearances. But one of the earliest emigration stories that we uh, encounter is people who were taken as prisoners of war 
after the Battle of Worcester, which was a disaster. Um, David Ross, the chief of Balagan, was taken prisoner along with thousands of men. David eventually died in the Tower of London as a prisoner. I'm not sure exactly what the date of that was. Um, most of the men, um, we don't really know what happened to them, but there is an intriguing list of POWs, prisoners of war, who were sent to America as indentured slaves as their punishment. And one of the ships taking them, called the John and Sarah, I promise to tell you about the John and Sarah, there is a list of around about 259 of the people who were uh, taken prisoner. It's it, it really is worth a, a little Google to have a look at this magnificent list. Uh, if you can imagine the 250 probably uh, Gaelic-speaking men giving their name maybe at the port in Liverpool as they uh, got on the ship and the person trying to write it down leads to some really, really interesting spellings of those uh, surnames, especially when it comes to the traditional uh, Scottish Mac names. But what can't be quite clearly read is some of the more simple names, like Ross or Munro. And I think there's about six Rosses on that list of 250 men. There is maybe five Munros, and there's quite a few other names that could possibly tie to David Ross's men, but are found uh, all over Scotland. But Hogg, Thompson, and some of the Mac names uh, could quite easily be uh, locals living around uh, the Easter Ross area that went off with David Ross. They certainly wouldn't have all been called Ross anyway. In fact, there there's some really interesting work being done by the American Prisoners of War uh, I think it's Society, where they're looking at DNA. And I think they've discovered that one of the Thompsons and one of the Rosses on the ship must have been cousins. So it shows you that um, quite a few of these people on board the ship could have been uh, people from Easter Ross. What we do know, um, thanks to the Clam Monroe America, is that Marilyn Monroe's uh, who was actually Norma Jean Baker, who took her name from her mum, Gladys Monroe, uh, her stage name, at least. If you trace her ancestry all the way back, you will eventually get to a Robert Monroe living just outside Tain in Aldi, who I think lost three sons. Uh, well, I'll say lost, who had three sons who were taken prisoner at the Battle of Worcester and ended up on the John and Sarah. One of them, John Monroe, was the great-great-great-grandfather of Marilyn Monroe, the Hollywood actress. So there you are, that's how we get from uh, seven silver coins on the beach to Marilyn Monroe. And you can see how, uh, for us, this uh, as an item to put in our museum, not only the fact that I found them, but we can tell some really interesting stories that uh, really um, are part of our visitors' stories as well, the ones that they come to us with. And we can use these to tell that story in the museum. We can use them to tell the, the story of the Thirty Years' War, the Battle of Carbondale, early immigration to America. Um, of course, the truth is we will never really, really know where the coins came from. 
but you can see um, how they are quite uh, important uh, that allows us to tell a lot of our history and the museum. Highland Objects is brought to you by Expo North Heritage, which is supported by Museums and Heritage Highland, Museums Gallery Scotland, Creative Scotland, Highlands and Islands Enterprise and Historic Environment Scotland. <laughs>